Don't you just love a good engagement story? Well, today you're going to hear me and my husband's engagement story. We have told y'all our love story, and if you've missed that, go back and listen to it so you can know the whole thing. And we gave some details of our engagement then, but today we're giving all the juicy details but mainly points of laughter as I um, did not cooperate as you will find out join us so how would you like to start out our engagement story engaged well yeah that'd be preferable yeah <laughs> a lot less talking involved. <laughs> you are funny. Oh, we're a little delirious today. We're on a trip. Yep. <laughs> a long trip. So, this would be great um, to go over our engagement story. And we're on the last leg of our trip. So... Why not, now that I have pushed past some grogginess a little bit and a little um, aware, or a little more aware. So, let's start from the beginning, shall we? I, I think we've already talked about our courtship. Well, <laughs> not that beginning. <laughs> yes, we've already talked about our courtship. <laughs> Okay, um, since I'm the one that asked her to marry me, I guess I should kick this off. Uh, I'm a little groggy, too. Unlike her, I've been driving the whole day, so I might be a little um, weird. Um, And she's cackling. Uh, I I realized early on that I was going to marry Hannah, or at the very least, I realized that she would marry me. And um, and I uh, put a lot of thought and some prayer into you know how I asked her and when all the things that I did and um, I had decided I was going to marry her or I was going to ask her to marry me and uh, I was fairly certain of the answer so there was no question in my mind there so uh, I did have a man tell me you know he said basically don't drag it out. And I had a plan. I was going to wait a year and a day because I thought that was cool. You know, say, I waited a year and a day to ask her to marry me. And it just so happened that that year and a day fell on a Sunday. Here's, here's Hannah. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, you made me wait that one long 24 hours and I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, I, anything to pull off a surprise. And this one wasn't necessarily very surprising. <laughs> um, I... Uh, that Saturday, I took her out on a date, and we went uh, antiquing. And what I was actually doing was looking for things to use uh, in my marriage proposal. And I, you know, she was there for all of it. And she was like, "Why are you buying this stuff?" You know, with those big brown trusting eyes and that great big sweet smile. And I, I don't remember what I told her, but it was basically like, you know, just. You said. You said. No, don't ask any questions. Just take it and, and don't ask questions, but in a more 
abrupt way. Ah, <laughs> uh, she was, she was, yeah, she was starting the non-cooperation early. I was trying to get some stuff done, and she just, yeah. So uh, I bought, I bought some vases. I bought a bowl, uh, and I didn't buy just. I bought like nice stuff. Uh, I wanted to keep it, and we've actually used it, you know, since for for uh, different things. And uh, I got some people in the church in on it. Uh, they in between church services, they set up a table. They put my stuff out for me, you know. So I I had bought a little heart, you know, and some things she wanted I couldn't find because we had talked about certain things. Well, that was. That was, sorry, that was the thing I did want, was the glass-shaped heart. And you said you said something along the lines of, this is so cheap, are you sure this is all you want? And I said, yes, I, you know, this is what I want. So, anyway, yeah, for sure that. I yeah, um, anyways, she was, uh, that was the easy part. Uh, so so that day rolls around and I've got this plan in my mind. I've got all the pieces in place. I've got people ready to help. And uh, I take her out and, you know, this is the day I'm going to ask her to marry me. So I took her to uh, Outback. Uh, you know, there's a lot of places I could have gone. But uh, one of the things we like to do is I like to take her new places and I hadn't taken her there yet. So we went there and we ate some steak and I was trying to, to buy time. And I had my brother in on it. He was the music director and she was the music secretary. And uh, he, I had him call her, text her, and tell her he needed to go to the church and get some, some music that was in the, uh, in the church. And the idea was, was she would go in there and I would be with her. Well, she says, we need to go to the church. Well, I'm prepared for that. But when we get to the church, instead of going into the church, she says, take me over to the chapel. Well, this is where the non-cooperation starts. <laughs> So she she goes over to the chapel and and I walk over there with her and I walk in the music office with her and she starts going through the music, open up open up these these notebooks and she's supposed to go to the auditorium and I'm like you know I walk out I walk around I waited like five fifteen minutes I realize she's not cooperating she's got in her head that what she needs is in that chapel and um, I. I think I texted my brother and said, hey, you know, she's not doing what I need her to do. And finally, I texted her and says, what you're looking for is in the auditorium. In a text message, I was not pleased. And whenever I did that, you know, that blew the surprise. She knew what was coming. So, uh, you know, so I I was in the auditorium waiting and waiting because she had to go compose herself to get ready. Uh, And... um, she she walked in and I got down on one knee and I asked her to marry me. I washed her feet. I believe there was a Bible there. There was in the story of Ruth, which, which you know, I'm 42 and she's 12 years younger than me. She's 30, so ties into our marriage because uh, Boaz was an old dude, you know, marrying a young chicka. And I'm her beau. So Boaz, you know. So anyways, we had a good time with it. Um uh, she could have been a little more cooperative, but she's never been very pliant. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, it makes for a much more interesting journey. Uh, now, that's my side of things. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, this hasn't really been a discussion. Uh, you know, I'm going to turn this back over to her while I drive and try not to get us killed.
<laughs> well, thanks, dear. Now, from my side, that I get to defend myself. Here is where I get to redeem myself. Okay. So, <laughs> the day... First of all, you know, like he said, he brought me to the thrift shop that Saturday. And the whole time, that whole day, I was looking for... Because it wasn't a secret. Like, I knew he was going to ask me to marry him. So... I was just looking for, you know, an opportunity that he was going to ask me to marry him. And I was like, man, because I wanted to go to church the next day. I'm like, he's my fiance and I don't have a boyfriend anymore. And (laughs) that was my thinking. So I remember um, I had to get to the church pretty early Sunday morning because I was I had a practice. Um. I was, it was going to be my first time on the organ in the uh, sanctuary. And because usually I'd go over at the kids' church and all that. So, anyway, we were having a kids' revival. But I was so tired because I had gotten up early. So, you need to know that that's important. Like, I had gotten up early. And I'm, I'm at the organ and we hadn't quite started yet. And I see Nevin talking to the evangelist wife that the kids evangelist wife we had got to know them while they were there and and she uh i i see him tell her something and she's just smiling so big at him like like in a way that says i'm so happy for you you know and i thought i wonder if he's just telling her you know we're planning on getting married or you know i didn't know and but come to find out he was telling her he was going to propose that day so uh, fast forward and I remember that church service being awesome and the spirit of the Lord move on the kids and you know just everything so the last thing on my mind was being proposed to after church I was like I'm tired I want to eat and just go lay down as my husband says just go lay before the Lord I was exhausted so we go to eat and usually on Sundays um he, I, I kind of remember Sunday afternoons. Uh, we would just go somewhere quick, as you, as what I remember, uh, for lunch, or, or you would wait till that evening, and we would go to Wendy's a lot. That was like our spot. So this was kind of out of the norm to go to Outback, and I'm, I'm honestly, I was dreading like just sitting there this long time because I'm just tired. <laughs> And then, <laughs> but then, um, and we were just in this comfortable silence at the, uh, at the table. Right. She never clued me in that she was tired. <laughs> I tried to, but at the same time, you know, there's still stars in my eyes. Now I just tell you everything. <laughs> now I'm like, look, can you, can we hold, I know what you're thinking and do Can we just hold off for like till after church? <laughs> Actually, probably not. Cause I'm like, it's about time. Let's let's get on with this. <laughs> so I remember um, we're sitting there, we're talking, and all of a sudden, randomly, he starts talking about Ruth and Boaz, which has come up a lot, you know, in our relationship thus far. But he he started um, telling me, and I have it like word for word written down, and actually, I have it written um, down in my book just for a little plug there that's coming 
hopefully sooner than later but um it's like just right at the end being finished and it's gonna be published it's gonna be awesome uh so stay tuned for that stay yeah stay tuned for that but um he said something to the effect of you remind me of Ruth in the Bible because you could have went after anybody your age anybody younger if you wanted to you know and all this he said but you didn't and and basically that he had watched me all those years and um, that doesn't sound creepy at all (laughs) well okay when I say all those years I mean like the last I think it, I think you had said last about since I started dating her. That's how long. No, I was. before that you said the last three, four years before that you had just kind of casually <laughs> observed me and just certain things. So, um, here, let me see it real quick. Okay. The the thing about Ruth and Boaz was was that Ruth Boaz pointed this out. She flattered him. By going to him and saying, I want you. Because he thought, probably thought at his age and his life, he was an old bachelor. You know, he thought he would probably never get married. That what he, his inheritance would be, would be divided amongst uh, the other members of the family. And he wouldn't be able to pass it down. So she offered him something he could not do for himself and that was an opportunity to to pass on his family name and his inheritance uh and that was significant to me uh because and to me hannah offered me something uh very similar so he's telling me all these things and but he's saying it in such a moving way and and then he says that's for later and i'm sitting there thinking is he going to talk? He was the um, hyphen leader. And so I was like, is he going to talk about this to a college and career class? Like, that's, that's all I could think of. I was like, well, okay, you know, that, that'll be great for later. You know, that's just where my brain went. <clears throat> and then <laughs> and then he he got up. He said, I, I need to excuse myself. And I said, okay, you know, again, I'm very tired, folks. And my, my phone starts ringing. It's his brother. This is what I, my... Sub note. This is just a side note. I'm going to interrupt right here and put this in the middle. If you go to Outback, the steaks are good. Always have been. But do not get the mushrooms. I ordered mushrooms that day. I've never forgotten them. They were horrible. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, wow. It's a good thing they're not like sponsors. <laughs> they were like, what is wrong with you people? Oh, my goodness. But the Bloomin' Onion's good. <laughs> so, they, they should sponsor this video. They were the spark of... They were the spark of our engagement story. The start of. Or the, yeah, it's great. So, anyway. Um, he, he says... He says... Oh, okay. So, so, yeah. So, he said he had to excuse himself. And then... And then my phone starts ringing. And it's his brother. And I was so tired, all, literally, all I heard, because I I think I knew something was up, because his brother never calls me, <laughs> and especially not, or, or if he did, it was just like a text here and there, so it was just, it was never on a Sunday afternoon, I'll put it that way. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me, I need some water. Ugh. 
There we go. <coughs> Helps a little bit. <laughs> okay, so his all I heard his brother say was, "Hey, I need you to take some music out f- for tonight and, and copy it, but I need you." to go to the youth chapel then the sanctuary like that's what I heard but he actually said I need you to go to the sanctuary first and and I honestly think between exhaustion and knowing something was up like my heart was just pounding and I'm like something's going on I just know something's going on something's going on but I, I wasn't paying attention to, to the details the details and so I, I get off the phone with him and, and I knew something was up because Sunday afternoons, he never got me to print out music and, you know, all that. So I, I immediately knew something's up, something's up. For all her knowing, she was remarkably uncooperative. <laughs> Again, I was tired, okay? <laughs> I was tired. <sighs> so so I get off the phone and Nevin comes back and, and I, again, he's got... If you know my husband, he gets this mischievous look on his face and he kind of sticks his tongue in his cheek and smiles like, like, I'm up to something and I'm not telling you or I've, you know, I'm picking on you or something to that effect. And and I'm like, I don't know what that's about, but kind of. But anyway, and so I said, hey, your your brother called me. I'm so sorry. We, We really need to wrap this up, which we were basically done at this point. And, um, and, and I need to go to the church. Um, I, I'm so sorry. And he, and he said something like, man, my brother's so demanding, but he was just smiling the whole time. And I said, yeah, he's, he's demanding. All right. So we leave and we, we get to the church and I, I tell him, uh, I need to go to over to the youth chapel. And I, at this point, I really knew something was going on because he usually, Nevin would usually park beside my car so I could just get out, you know, get in my car. But he's going straight for the sanctuary and parks by a door and he's just smiling. And I'm like, but I, I need to go to the sanctuary. And and you got to remember, my brother told me that he had told her that to go to the sanctuary and get the music. That was what was communicated. <laughs> And it probably was. I was just, again, I was tired. So I, I'm slightly like, okay. But I told him, I said, hey, I, I need to go over to the youth chapel. And he goes, he's kind of irritated at this point because he's probably like thinking, I, yeah. need, I want to propose to you. You know, I'm irritated, all right. I laid out all this framework, put this plan in motion, and the woman insists on going to the wrong building. Like, nobody knows what they're doing but me. I'm, you know, I'm like, woman. Imagine that, because I can't read your mind. And so... Oh, I thought you knew what was going on. Well, I did, but I just... I didn't know your exact plans, okay? Jeez. Well, why didn't you do what you were told? For someone so spontaneous, you are certainly a planner that day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um... I tell him, you know, when he go over to the youth chapel and he, he starts getting kind of irritated and he's like, why? And I'm like, because I need to get some music out. Like I told fine. <laughs> and he, hey, she was going the wrong direction. Okay. 
The wrong direction. Opposite of the way I want. So he he drives. He's like, fine, I'll, I, you know, I'll take you over there. And it's like, he quickly drove me over there. Like, okay, let's get this over with. And he gets. Now I'm thinking she's just going to be in there when I first dropped her off there. I put brought her in. She's just going to be a minute or two, and she's going to realize, and then she's going to go over to the auditorium. Oh, well. So he gets out of the vehicle, and have, have I mentioned she's hard headed and stubborn? And you are too. Let me finish my side and let me defend myself. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, he, so he follows me in, and and I I remember looking at him and saying, you, "You're gonna follow me in," and he said, "Yeah, why, why not?" And I was like, "For music?" Because usually at this point on a Sunday, and he's still this way, like he's gonna go lay down and take a nap. The end. Like, doesn't matter. He just can go lay down. We had lunch, you know. And um, so he's like, yeah, I'm going to go with you, you know. And at this point, I'm thinking, well, maybe there will be stuff in the youth chapel. Just just bear with me. That's just what was in my brain. So I walk in. I'm like, no, there's nothing in here. Okay. So I would have thought she would have went to the auditorium at that point. (laughs) So I I go in the music office and find this quote unquote music (laughs) that I quote unquote needed to quote unquote copy and make quote unquote copies of for church. (laughs) And I'm like, what is he talking about? Because usually if my brother-in-law needed me to do anything with music, it would be like in a stack on my little desk and all this. Well, there was no stack. <laughs> and so I'm just looking all over. And I think at this point, I'm just trying to calm myself down and just kind of, I don't know. And then at a certain point, Nevin just bolts. And I mean bolts out of the room, probably saying, get the hint. <laughs> and so he bolts out and I just start shaking like I'm shaking on the inside and my knees turn to jello and and I just tears immediately come to my eyes and said oh god he's gonna propose isn't he? he's gonna propose <laughs> just standing there just <laughs> saying all this stuff and then I <laughs> this might be a little TMI but I had to go potty and I was like I am not letting this ruin my special moment of my life I've got to go right now because my luck he would be like will you marry can you hold that thought <laughs> I need- context <laughs> Hannah uh, was was born with spina bifida and a she had a tumor on her back that was operated on and a result of a lot of those things meant that she had a weakened bladder so there were things that happened um on a regular basis. So that's why, that's why she, she said that. So, um, so I, I go and then at this point I just really realize he's, he's going to propose to me and I'm starting to thank the Lord and worship him in a, as clear as I'm t- talking on this podcast. The Lord spoke to me and said, now go in the sanctuary and let the man propose to I am very thankful. It took it. Hey, that's proof. It took me. It took my brother. And it took the Lord telling her to go into the auditorium so we could get the job done. My poor husband. And so, 
I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. If, if I want to be married to him, this has to happen. So I compose myself and I go. And it felt like the longest walk of my life from the youth chapel to the sanctuary because my legs literally felt like jello. They have never felt like that before. I had been in. I was just telling my husband how I miss being in choir at school and all that. I had been in performances and this and that. I had never felt like that in my entire life. I was like, God, you got to help me get these jello legs over there because this is not going to work. And um, and we had kind of a bigger-ish campus, but it wasn't, you know, that long of a walk. And plus, I'm tired. So, it's just, it was all compounding. So, I, I get over to the sanctuary finally and this is where I was uncooperative again except that was not my fault I did not know he wanted me to go let's see I was going through the musician's room he had me he had it pictured of me going in the side door I think yeah and so if you go in the musician's room and you walk up the steps you are now on the on the platform she walks in on the platform yeah, well, I know. Okay, I really didn't know at that point. Like, well, okay, there is no sign saying "come in here," or you know, any. You didn't think that part. <laughs> well, I was gonna walk in there with you and make sure you got there, but you know, touche, touche. Well, you didn't deserve me. <laughs> so anyway, um, it's because you were so hard-headed, woman. So I'm, but I still. I'm still looking for this so-called music in the musician's room. And then I realized, Anna, I'm just so dumb. Just go in the sanctuary. She probably realized there is no real music in the music room for her to copy. (laughs) It's all a ploy to get her in the auditorium. So I can ask her to marry me. (laughs) Everybody was riding my case. Don't drag it out too long. Don't don't, don't play with your feelings. That's what you get. (laughs) And then I get there and she's like, I'm going to do music. So I so I open the door, and I'm on the platform, and and I see this table with candles and a vase of roses, and the same vase he had bought. I see a bowl. I see filled with water. I think he I think he had a towel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a towel. He had the Bible open to Ruth, and um, he had the glass bowl of uh, the heart filled with some of my favorite candies, the Farrah Roger candies. Um, and I think that was it. So, he had some somebody... Some um, yeah, I said that. Okay. A dozen roses. So, I, I go down and he comes over to me, helps me down the stairs, and he's like, you weren't supposed to go that way. And I was like, I didn't know. He's like, just come here. <laughs> this poor man. And I said, okay. So, so I went over and he's smiling and um, and he said, I have a couple of questions for you. And he gets down on one knee and he said, first, will you marry me? And I think that's the quickest anybody has gotten down on their knee and gotten up. Like after I answered, I was like, yes. And, and then um, he asked me if he could wash my feet. Now, I talked about this in our love story episode one and two part one and two but that question got me more because I'm like wait this feels familiar and I, I don't know why it 
like the first question, will you marry me? Like I knew it was coming, you know, that's typical of a proposal, you know, obviously. But I, I was like, why, why does this, it, it suddenly felt very sacred. And I was like, why does this feel so, so familiar? And I just kind of shoved it in the back of my mind. So then he washes my feet. He prays over us, prays over our future uh, marriage and just different things. It was very beautiful. And then he brings me over uh, to where he had the Bible open to Ruth. He's like, remember when I talked to you at the restaurant about this? I said, oh, yeah, okay. And then um, and then I see all my little things, you know. And so then afterwards we call our parents and everything and everybody's happy and congratulating us and everything so then later when I'm by myself I'm still wondering God why why did that him washing my feet uh you know why why did it uh feel so familiar to me but I can't put my finger on it and the Lord reminded me of a prayer that I totally forgot about you know those prayers that you just kind of it feels like you're just passing on to heaven to the Lord and then you just go about your way and you know it's not something you keep knocking on the door about you just dear Lord I'd like this and and you just go on your way well this years before me and Evan ever started dating and before I even started I, I think even before I had my first real boyfriend I I remember reading um a book by Karen Kingsbury. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Goodness. Anyway, I remember reading a book by Karen Kingsbury. And this one particular book, um, this couple was engaged. And there's a story in it. Go go find it for yourself. I think it's it's about forgiveness. Um, I wish I could remember the title so you could go and read it. But um, at, at a certain point, they're washing each other's feet. And it sparked a desire in my heart. And I said, God, whoever my future husband is, whether while he's proposing, whether while we're engaged, when we're first married, you know, Whatever the case may be, I would love for him to wash my feet. And it was like I had this flashback and I was like, whoa. Because I did not tell anybody what I had prayed. I had forgotten myself until that very moment. And then it made me tear up because this was yet again God confirming this is the man you're supposed to marry. You are in my perfect will. And so... You say that so authoritatively. <laughs> well, that's because... Like, <laughs> I was My goose was cooked and I didn't even know it. Pretty much. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it was a beautiful proposal. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. You cannot... Um, you can't outdo God's love story for your life if you let let him write your love story is the key. If we're trying to force our hand to it, and this goes to any area of our life, if we're trying to force our hand on it, and yes, we're human, and yes, we want to 
um, be in control. And, but if you let him unfold your rose, every petal will fall into place the way it's supposed to be. And it's going to make a beautiful picture. Any last comments, Mr. Nevin Bebo Shepherd? No, that was very eloquently put. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Thank you for listening today uh, to our engagement story. And the reason why I wanted to do this is because, Nevin, what date did you propose to me? <laughs> he looks so scared. Hang on. You, you know this. You're in it a day. It would have been August, uh, I believe, um, 28th. 30th. August 30th. Okay. Our first date was August 29th. Then a year and a day, a whole full 24 hours later, was August 30th. So that is why I wanted to, to do this for fun and just yet again to share the goodness of the Lord of everything he's done in my life. I will see you and be with you next time. God bless. special thank you once again to my wonderful husband for co-hosting really at this point he's not a guest anymore he's just my co-host he's like glaring at me i'm the co-host who sometimes has absolutely nothing to say (laughs) well and he works and stuff but we're, we're trying to do more together and he's he's actually thinking of stuff on his own so I love that and I you know I want more of that I think on my own it's a miracle yes. all by my own some all by myself I think of stuff yeah uh, in, in the words of Nathaniel good job honey good job <laughs> yeah we I brought him to to the house where Hannah works he walked in and said good job dad good job <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. But the the other point of me posting this last part is I wanted to make sure you knew when I talked about Karen Kingsbury that they did not sponsor me in any shape, fashion, or form. I was just talking. Neither did uh, neither did Outback or anybody else that we mentioned or talk about. <laughs> they don't even like us. Well, I don't. They don't even know us. Goodness. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, I just, I wanted to clarify that, but Karen Kingsbury's books are amazing. And um, I would definitely say go check them out if you're looking for clean, Christian, uh, and fun reads, or even deeper reads. She has some deeper stuff. So, anyway, that's what I wanted to say. See you next time.